blackberries and one ream of white copy paper. Kindergartens, one ream of white copy paper, one large pack or one package of AA batteries, one box of tissues. Then you get to first grade, one ream of copy paper, one package of AA batteries. Second grade, one ream of copy paper, one package of AA batteries. It goes on. How many packages of AA batteries does a school need? And exactly what are they doing with them? Because i got to tell you, my kid's not taking anything to school that needs AA batteries. Not only that, I don't think they're supposed to have anything in school that needs a AA battery. They've got to keep their Walkman at home and their Game Boys and all that kind of stuff at home unless they're concerned that they need them on the bus. Now, I started I started getting, uh, wait, if it weren't so darn funny, I mean, you'd get just livid. One of the things, too, is I was, I was looking through it. Well, actually, let, let me do the math real quick. Let's say there are 20 kids in a class, and that's a small class. And there are four first grade classes. That's 80 packages of AA batteries for the entire first grade. I just want to see the piece of equipment that's going to use that many batteries. Now, second of all, now we're talking about 80 reams of paper for the first grade. Now multiply that by all the grades in the school. This is now this is anecdotal, I know, but a teacher told me, go into the supply closet and you will see stacks of of, of these reams of paper. So the question, have you bought your kids school supplies and do you question how much your kids are actually using? I'm trying to find one. Oh, and one of the other ones a package of dry erase markers? My kid doesn't use a dry erase board. Now, how many how many packages of dry erase markers do you need to go through in the course of a school year? I don't know. So, I mean, if, it, if there's a teacher out there that knows that, 353-1310, 877-353-1310. We'll talk more on school supplies and how high school students are disappointed with their education. You're on News Talk 1310 KFKA. Northern Colorado's finally been given a woman's touch. The Amy Oliver Show. Weekday mornings at 9 on 1310 KFKA. Nineteen minutes after nine o'clock in the Rocky Mountain region. Welcome back. I'm Amy Oliver. You're on News Talk 1310 KFKA 353-1310-877-353-1310. I will have your trivia question for you in just a minute. Just to let you know, it will surround the women's right to vote. So, actually, what that is. That sort of tells you that I'm I'm still working it through my head right now. Anyway, he's been talking about school supplies, and then also coming up, I'm going to talk about why students, high school students, are saying their high school education is letting them down. But let's go to the phone lines. I've got uh, 
apparently somebody from San Francisco on the line. Welcome to Amy Oliver's show on News Talk 1310 KFK. Yeah, hi, Amy. Uh, greetings from the foggy city of San Francisco. Now, are you in San Francisco right now? Yeah, I sure am. Uh, it's a uh, foggy day, and uh, no, I, I used to live out in Grand Junction, so I like listening to Colorado radio. Ah, so you listen to us via the Internet. Yeah, that's right. It's coming in just fine. Great. www.1310kfk.com. What's your name? David. David. Well, welcome to News Talk 1310KFK. Do you have a question or comment? Well, you uh, you were talking about the various supplies. Now, I don't know what the batteries would be for, but I can imagine, uh, I can remember both when I was a little kid and also when I was a parent and, and uh, getting all of those endless memos from uh, from the school. Uh, all sorts of different announcements and memos and things like that. So it wouldn't be really too hard to, uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, the little kids, uh, of course, when I was a kid, they used the little Mimeo machines, and uh, they would give us little quizzes and tests and all sorts of different things like that. And uh, uh, so I can imagine a ream of paper uh, wouldn't nearly go far enough uh, uh, per student but it would certainly take the burden of uh, of uh, the school. Uh, it would it would take quite a burden off of a school if uh, you're saying what was it two reams per kid? Um, well, it depends on what grade you're in. Two reams per child in the upper grades, one ream in the lower grades. I just have a question for you. For instance, one teacher told me that if you go into their supply room, they have absolutely stacks and stacks of paper. Well, maybe in the beginning. No, this was at the end of last year. Because they, they, they accumulate this over the course of the year. The other thing is, when I was a kid, we never brought in paper. Oh, yeah, well, I understand that. But, you know, the cost of living, um, you know, out, out here in San Francisco, for example, the price of a house, uh, an average house out here now is something like $800,000. And the minimum wage, uh, we were able to raise our minimum wage in San Francisco only uh, to something like eight and a half dollars an hour, but the rest of the state is still sitting at five and a quarter, I think. Yeah, but you know what? How many people inside San Francisco proper work for minimum wage? Uh, plenty. I, you know what? I, I don't. I don't buy that. E- even in Greeley, there are not a lot of people working for minimum wage. McDonald's can't even hire people at minimum wage. Well, there's still plenty of people. Uh, agricultural workers in California are not even making five fifteen an hour. But what I'm what I'm leading up to is that when you start talking about the school districts are dealing with old money numbers. Uh, so in other words, the baby boomers grew up and they have uh, a perception of what a, a nickel would buy uh, when they were a kid. And the price of a house when baby boomers were in was uh, out here, as I understand it, maybe $30,000, something like that. So that's about a 25-fold increase. Uh, you know, the, the wages would have had to have increased by 25-fold in order to buy a house uh, when they were kids. Uh, there, and, and so the minimum wage in 1968, uh, February 1st of 1968, the minimum wage was raised to $1.60. And the minimum wage uh, in California uh, is 5.15, so that's approximately a three-fold increase. So we had what was called Proposition, uh, was it Prop 19, 
where they they limited the taxes here or it was prop 13 is what it was and they limited the ca- the uh, property tax uh, they were trying to do a similar Prop 13 in Colorado, and it didn't pass. Actually, if you're ta- talking about a limitation on property taxes, or are you talking about a tax and, and expenditures limitation? Well, uh, Because we have the Taxpayer Bill of Rights, which was passed in 1992, the single most successful tax and spending limitations legislation in the nation. Okay, then it it passed. I left in '90, so uh, I. Oh, you missed the good years. You missed the good years when we when we limited government spending, and gave money back to the private sector. We had the fat. We had the most successful economy in the nation. Okay, well then that explains why the schools are starving, because the. Oh no 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 no! You don't know Amendment 23, which was passed in 2000, actually is strangling the state's budget. It's strangling because now we have we have state mandated spending, state mandated spending at inflation plus population plus one plus one percent. So in other words, when revenues decline, which they did during the, this massive recession that the entire nation experienced, K through 12 spending increased. It had to increase because it was mandated to increase. So well, uh, so K 12 spending actually went up. As you as you phrased it, uh, you've strangled your government. Uh, your government is what you own, and uh, this is one of the things uh, that I don't understand. Wait, how do I wait? Wait, wait. How do I own government? Well, you're a taxpayer. You are a citizen here. You own you own the parks. You own uh, the highways. You yeah, own it, you're right. That's socialism. You're right. There is there is no, an element it's not of socialism. socialism. Yeah, it, it is. I, I, mean, I, I, I my great 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 grandfather signed the Declaration of Independence, and I, I I take exception to the idea that what we own is uh, declared something bad. If he signed the Declaration of Independence, then he was an advocate for private property rights, not for collective ownership. No, that's not true at all. Don't don't miss. Uh, there was what was called the commons. When when someone, and there's also the tragedy someone, of the commons. Beg pardon. The tragedy of the commons. Oh, you know that's that is such hokum. Uh, you know, do you own the air? Does, can can somebody poison the Let me water ask you, do you like from public you and just turn him down? Hey, wait, I'm going to ask you a question and you can respond to it. Do you like public restrooms? Would you rather They're go? They're sure handy at a time when I need them. That doesn't. That doesn't. You know, listen. Public restrooms warm. are. I, wait, wait, stop. Public restrooms are a prime example of the tragedy of the commons. Public. Public restrooms and public ownership, I agree there has to be some public ownership, but not to the extent to which you are discussing. Okay. I, do you like the idea of being able to turn on the tap water and making sure that it's quality control? Do I like the fact that I can get water out of my faucet? Yes. Yeah. And, and, that, that and is, the, idea, the idea that, say, for example, if you put a private company in charge of it, and they didn't tell you that, oh, by the way, we're going to do it on the cheap, and we're going to dump, uh, we're going to allow a certain amount more poison in there, and by the way, we're not going to tell you that the health department has been privatized, and that if they find out that there's an epidemic uh, nearby, they aren't going to tell you because it's going to be too expensive for their bottom line, and by the way, uh, if if there's uh, an epidemic 
uh, and they decide to buy some vaccines for the county, uh, they're going to buy the cheap brand that may or may not work, that just so happens to be their brother-in-law has a contract for it, and they just don't seem to have a, a certification. So, you know, the idea of, of having public ownership of things that are not cost-effective but are real important for the community. So fresh water is a good example, a health department. You don't, a health department can't be cost-effective. There's no way that a health department can be cost-effective. But when it comes time for an epidemic, you're real glad that it's there. You, you, it can't be cost-effective to have a post office. Now, There's now, no way that you're going to get a... Now, a it's, my, it's, my, it's my turn to respond. But my turn to respond. That's how we work. I ask you a question. You can respond. Now, I'm going to respond to you. You're, I think we're talking about two different definitions of cost-effective. They absolutely can be cost-effective. And if it's my dollars they're using, they darn well better be cost-effective. Because you know what? I am a much better steward of my money as your great-great-great-grandfather who signed the Declaration of Independence understood and knew. Big government is not the answer. If you want to have a health department, which I would concede is a good, that is a good investment. That is an overall good investment. But can they be cost-effective? Yes. Yes. They're not going to go out and wasting taxpayer dollars. Hey, David, if you want to hang on after the break, you're welcome to. Otherwise, I appreciate your phone call, 353-1310-877-353-1310. We've got to check the headlines with Troy Coverdale on the 24-Hour News Watch. You're on News Talk 1310 KFKA. The Amy Oliver Show, talking about what's happening in your backyard. Not Michael's. News Talk 1310 KFKA. in the Rocky Mountain region, just ready to turn over 9.35. You're listening to Amy Oliver on News Talk 1310 KFKA. David hung on with me, my friend from San Francisco. I want to thank him, first of all, for listening via the Internet, www.1310kfka.com. You want to call 353-1310-877-353-1310. I'm going to preface the rest of this conversation that, that he and I will be having with the fact that we probably view the role of government a little bit differently. And one of the things, David, I want to ask you about the state of California currently. You guys had a tax and spending, or you, you had, you had a, a spending limitation, and I think it was called the GAN Amendment, where it actually, you were not allowed, the, the government, the size of government in, in California was actually limited. Now, a, a bit of a hole was poked in that, and it allowed government to grow. During the go-go years of the 90s, the government in California expanded rapidly. The size and scope of government expanded rapidly. You guys eventually threw out a governor, Governor Gray David, you elected Arnold Schwarzenegger to fix a roughly $34 billion deficit. Now, was that responsible spending in the state of California? Well, you're actually talking about uh, a certain amount of time period that uh, you've, you've consolidated uh, about 
40 years into about what sounds to be like two years. So, in other words, that GAN amendment, that was the Proposition 13, and it wasn't, I don't think it's GAN exactly, is he, um, I'll, I'll think of the fellow's name that, uh, that induced Prop 13, but that was something like 1978 or 79. Right, right. And, and, uh, and what had happened, uh, at least my take on it, by the way, I, just to finish up with what we were earlier talking about, the idea that we can pool our money together on April 15th, uh, you know, we pay our taxes together and we pool our money together to buy something good for the county. You know, whether we buy a sewer system or we buy a school or we buy a good system of roads, but we're buying in bulk. And so when we privatize stuff, we're allowing somebody to leech off of us. We, we're still going to pay our taxes but we're not going to be able to get it in bulk in the same way. We're not going to have the same kind of oversight. We're going to allow somebody to profit on the manufacture of our roads. So they might put in cheap tar. They might put in cheap concrete. They may build a cheap... Oh, bridge. wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. People profit off of the government all the time. What do you think... Why do you think the, the Associated Contractors of Colorado are dumping $250,000 just to this point to absolutely destroy the taxpayer's bill of rights? That's because they stand to profit from all of that road work. I mean, the, the CDOT contracts out that road work. I mean, they stand to make a small fortune. People, oh, I understand that. I, I mean, I, so this I'm idea not that, saying that there aren't profiteers who... who uh, Say, for example, uh, you know, some of these contractors will get one of their buddies in to make sure that the contracts go their way. That's happened for, for centuries, and that's why we have to be uh, responsible. We have to have eternal vigilance about our own property. We have to show up at city council meetings. We have to show up at sewer board meetings. We have to have people go to the library board uh, just to make sure that we don't get suckered in how our taxes are spent. But the, the idea of being able to pool the money and buy in bulk uh, is, is the way to go because you can have some. See, it's, it's but back in 1776, it's this idea of colonies. If you have an outside company, uh, you know, a company that's not in Colorado that's going to build your roads for you, they're gonna, they're gonna, then they're going to suck all of your money back to some other state. And, the, and you're, at least if you're building your roads with a local contractor, that money is going to stay in, con, in Colorado. Okay, okay. Now let me respond to something. Your, your premise is that because we buy in, in bulk, we therefore buy efficiently, which is wrong. There, are, there is going to be a, a study released called the Piglet Book, which gives dozens of examples of waste in government. This is, in, in the state of Colorado, an opportunity for us to sort of look at government, make it more efficient and more streamlined. To say that something with a 13, well actually next year will be a 15.1 billion dollar budget, there can't be efficiencies in it, that it, that, it sudden, that it's cost effective is flat out wrong because there are example after example that, that will prove it so. Let's go back to the phone lines. Hang on, David. Bill uh, from Greeley, you're up. Yes, I just want to make a comment. I just heard a statement that we get cheap products from uh, outsourcing and stuff. The city, the state, all your CDOT out there, CDOT has a standard for your concrete, standard for everything they put in. So that contractor, whoever it is, has to come in and stick by the standard, which is a, you have your own inspections out there. So to say we get cheap product from that way is a bogus uh, statement. David? 
that that's uh, you know to come up with standards, but that's the whole point of why you want to have a government that you keep vigilance over. To, to allow privatization to come in, I mean, honest to God, there's a company out here based in San Francisco called Bechtel, and they are, as I understand it, they own down and drink out of a creek without officially owing them for the water. And Bolivia, when they realized the con artist uh, politician that sold them out like that, they had a revolution because it just wasn't going to happen. Okay, and, let's and bring it back. the idea of being able to build roads that are cheap quality, you know, this is the idea of, of monitoring your government to make sure that you're getting a bargain for your taxes on April 15th. Okay, now let me respond to that. Let me respond to that. This idea of cheap roads. How long do you think a contractor would last in a private sector if his quality is shoddy? It, he, well, but I, the I answer is he isn't. He isn't. And, it, it, and if the state constantly would have to go back and, and rework it, that, that contractor's out of business. That's the beauty of private enterprise. You have to meet the needs of the market or you're not in business. Well, believe it or not, there are plenty of bridges all across America. Louisiana and the South are notorious for having privatized uh, some of their systems back in, I was at the teens and the 20s and whatnot, and they had bridges that were falling down all the time. And that's one of the reasons why they had such, uh, why they're in a virtual servitude even to this day, because they've got a lot of systems that are uh, expensive and badly built. Uh, because they had this same thing going on all through the, um, well, it was, some of it was left over from the carpetbaggers. Well, okay, we're talking, you, you, you accuse me of lumping 40 years at, you know, into two. I mean, i got to tell you, you, you're stretching it when you're going back to carpetbaggers. I want to bring up another point. In the state of Colorado, the Regional Transportation District, RTD, the single most successful routes it has, and the routes that actually fund many of their government uh, sponsored routes are those routes that have been privatized. Why? Because the private sec sector is much more cost effective and much more efficient. Yeah, well, uh, frankly, that can't be proven. You know, it, it's easy to say, but it's it's not true. There are plenty of companies, outside companies. Do you want me to get that study? Go bankrupt. Do you want me to get the study? They, all of the money gets sucked back to Bermuda or wherever this you know, this out-of-nation contractor, uh, you know, money launders their, their assets out. You, you can, that has we, nothing to do with RTD. Yeah, it has nothing to do with what I just, what well, I just brought up. RTD, is that your bus system? Regional Transportation District, the single most successful okay. parts of RTD are the privatized routes. Okay. Uh, well, out here in San Francisco... And that Francisco, has nothing to do with Bermuda. Yeah, out, out, out here in San Francisco, there actually, uh, there, there was a scam uh, involving our mass, uh, mass transit system. There are two or three different lines that essentially pay for the entire bus system in, in San Francisco. These are the ones that they try to privatize. So they try to, to get a hold of the, the most lucrative lines, and then the rest of the lines are not profitable at all, but they're sure necessary to keep everybody working. And so once the uh, fat cats get a hold of the good lines, then it's easy to say, oh, well, mass transit doesn't work. We'll just have to build more roads and bridges. And it's, it, it just, the scam is, is that the, they privatize the profitable lines. So I would say, look at what are the lines that they have profited. 
did, did these companies you, you know what? come the, in and try to, to privatize all of the bus system? Yes, yes. And you know what? An RTD, RTD, huge, you want to talk about fat cat. RTD has money coming out the wazoo, especially largest tax increase in Colorado state history, went to a nine-county region to build choo-choo trains, which only carry 1% of the entire population. You want to talk about a scam. The scam is RTD scaring people that they can't have roads and bridges. They need these trains. Let's go to the phone lines back in Greeley. Jay, you're up. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I'd like to let the young man in California know that they're contracting with the wrong people. Well, that's I have exactly been right. a government contractor in my career, and I guarantee you, I they're just contracting with the wrong people. We yeah. put out a darn good service and a good product, and uh, there was no corruption or graft anything like that with our business. Yeah, hey David, maybe you guys in California are running with the wrong crowds. That's exactly right. Yeah, and you guys, that, that's why you have your $34 billion tax, you know, or your $34 billion debt. Hey, i got to run. We've got to take a quick break. David, thanks for your phone call. Jay, thanks for yours. 353-1310-877-353-1310. Back with more on, we can talk government contracting, but i got more school news. You're listening to Amy Oliver on News Talk 1310 KFK. In Northern Colorado, weekday mornings from 9 to 10 on News Talk 1310 KFKA.